This is Word to the Wise. I'm Shelley Best, the pastor of Redeemer's Church in Plainville, Connecticut. This is my unorthodox preaching and teaching podcast for spiritual seekers and outside-the-box changemakers. Each episode will be a Bible study or preaching moment with you in mind as we explore faith in the context of modern times. I'm glad you found us. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Open our eyes, Lord that we may see the version of ourselves designed by thee. Open our ears, Lord, that we might hear the call on our life you hold so dear. Open our heart, Lord, that we may feel a passion that fuels our waking days. Open our minds, Lord, with saving faith that we might embrace your gift of grace. Now let the words of this mouth and the meditations of this heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, let the people of God say, Amen and amen. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. And I'll be reading from the New International Version of the Scripture. And it reads thusly. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. With this in mind, the title of the message is simply this. Real love. Real love. In 1989, Jody Watley came out with a song that was called Real Love. I want a love that's serious. No time to play love games. I don't want to be nobody's fool. So if you want to be with me, you got to give it up. Real love. I know I want to have one. Real love. I know I'm going to get some real love. Everybody needs one real love. 
got to have real love. See, I had to go back to 89 for some of y'all, you know what I'm saying? But then I was really torn because also in 1992, Mary J. Blige came out with a song with the same title. You know, we are lovers through and through, and though we made it through the storm, I really want you to realize, I really want to put you on. I've been searching for someone to satisfy my every need. Won't you be my inspiration? Be the real love that I need. Real love. I'm searching for a real love. I'm back to the other song. Someone to set my heart free. Real love. I'm searching for a real love. I'm out to have real love. See, I'm blending the two songs, but y'all know what I'm talking about. And so we know that in our popular culture and in our ethos, it's all about this idea of real, significant, substantive love. Everybody is looking for real love, and yet we're living in a time right now, especially right now, knowing that Tuesday, November 6th is election day. And if ever there were a time to talk about real love, it's right now. The advertisements, the articles, and talk has spiraled to a point that I have never seen before. Some of the ads are purely insulting, just rude. Like, you may be the best candidate, but you don't have to just be rude to another human being. Without a doubt, it's designed to show the shortcomings of the other candidate, but I think many of these ads are showing the shortcomings of the people writing the ads and the people that approved the ads that are out right now. And I approved it. You approved something that was so crass and cruel. It's not talking about the other candidate. It's saying a whole lot about you. As a nation... In our culture, we are allowing ourselves to move away from love and civility to a form of public cruelty. And in that movement, we find ourselves also as a nation moving away from God. Because God is indeed all about love. We have on our bills in God we trust, but do we really trust in love? And God, God is love. Do we trust in love as a force in this nation? What we need as a country is really good medicine, healing holiness. We need to heal holiness and come to a place of wholeness. What we all need is the gift and the reminder of real love. In our text, Matthew 22, 34 through 40, Jesus is in the midst of yet another conflict amidst the religious leaders, the power brokers, and political figures of that day. See, we must remember that the Sadducees and the Pharisees were the political force of that community at the time. Separation of church and state or separation of synagogue and state was not the case. The politicians were the priests. Help me somebody. Sadducees and Pharisees were the power brokers of that time. 
And with Jesus showing up, he is setting people free from the system that existed at that time. He is showing them that man's ways are not God's ways. And God's ways are not man's ways. The Sadducees and the Pharisees were both a part of that ruling class. And as they listened to the things that Jesus Christ was saying, they could see that they were at risk of losing their jobs, losing their power, and losing their stuff. And if the truth be told, they cared more about their stuff than they cared about the people they were serving. At this time, Jesus was in the midst of teaching them parables. He taught on the wedding banquet and that everybody should be invited to the table. That's what that wedding banquet parable was all about. And then he's talking about giving to Caesar what is due to Caesar. Yeah, you got to live in this land. You got to support the government. Give to Caesar what is due to Caesar. And then the most radical part of Jesus' teaching in this chapter is he is teaching about marriage in the time of resurrection. Jesus was being radical because he was saying, even if a woman had to marry seven brothers in one family, got passed from brother to brother to brother to brother, which was the tradition at that time. If one man died, you get passed to the brother. If the brother died, you get passed to another brother. That brother died, get passed to another brother. After a while, you got to start to look, and she poisoning the brothers. But really, what we've been seeing in the text is it's this idea that a woman's life was not her own. And Jesus was teaching, you know what, when it comes to heaven time, that woman going to be free in heaven. She's not going to be obliged to anybody. And that's what turned the Sadducees and the Pharisees out, that women might actually be free in heaven. Help me, somebody. So they decided when they heard about this Jesus' teaching, women being free in heaven, they didn't want women to be free in heaven. They wanted women to stay bound like they were on earth. And so they decided, you know what, we got to check this guy Jesus because he's messing up our stuff. And so they decided, let's give him a trick question. And so they said, what's the greatest commandment? In other words, we want to make sure you're really following the rules. What's the greatest commandment? Like, who do you think you are anyway, Jesus? And Jesus replied, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And then Jesus continues, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. They didn't ask Jesus for two. They asked Jesus for one. But Jesus said, no, I got to school y'all on what it is to truly be believers. All the law and the prophets hang on these two. In other words, it's not about politics. It's not about procedures. It's not about religious orientation and doctrine. It's about loving God who cannot actually be seen. How do you love God and God is not easily seen with the human eye? It's about loving God who cannot be seen and it's equally important since you say you love God who cannot be seen prove to me that you really have this thing called religion and show me that you got real love where you will love real people too 
So many people say they love God, but they mean as heck. Amen. They say they love God, but they are mean to the core. I don't want to know that you got a religious membership card. I don't want to know that you have memorized the rites. You say that you're a Christian. You say you're a spiritual person. You say you love God. Okay, well, we can't exactly see how you do that. You know, like, how do you love God on a daily basis? You know, let, show me how you love it on God. You walk around like this. That's me loving on God. So I'm just going to walk around like this. That's me loving on God. No, the way you show that you love God is by the way you show love to real people. Do you have real love? Where you show you love real people. Real people. Do you love real everyday people in your midst? The homeless homie and homelina. Do you show them real love? Do you show real love for the refugee or the immigrant? Do you show real love for the person that's struggling in addiction or struggling in mental health issues? Do you have real love for a person who is gender fluid and may not quite roll the way that you roll? Do you have real love for the person that's broke and broken? What is your real love? Because Jesus gave the second love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, for many of us Christian folk, the sermon will go into how you love your neighbor. Just did that little rift on loving the neighbor. But really, we need to unpack what it is for you to love yourself because if you don't know how to love yourself, you really don't know how to love your neighbor either. Without real love, nobody can really go but so deep in their life and relationships with other people without real love for yourself. You really can't show love towards other people. And if the truth be told, the most cranky and difficult and mean-spirited and hard to get along with people probably don't really love themselves either. Because if you loved yourself, you wouldn't be acting like that. If you loved yourself, you wouldn't be presenting yourself in the world like that. So the mean-spirited, difficult people are evidence of people that need a healing and need real love. Our president of the United States is probably one of the grandest evidences of one who needs full healing. He's not well. We all know he's not well. He is not healed. He needs to get to a place of real love because we see how he treats neighbors. We see how he treats his wife. We see how he treats his kids. And by the way he's living, we see how he treats himself. He has not found this thing called real love. And without real love, you're not even really going to be satisfied with your living. If the truth be told right now, for those of us who are struggling in our own lives in various ways, for many of us, the root issue is our struggle to find real love. 
And how are you going to get real love from somebody else if you don't show it to yourself? Like attracts like. And if you struggle to find other people who will love you, it's probably because you don't love yourself. Help me, somebody. You know, it's time for us to really talk about real love. In our text, in verse 37, Jesus tells those who are there to listen that we must love the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, our soul. This is the first commandment. But we ought to be about loving God. Think about it. Heart, mind, and soul. We ought to be about loving God because God in the word, it tells us that we were wonderfully and fearfully made by God. Well, that's a good reason to love God in Psalm 139 and 14. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we're told that God gave us the breath of life by breathing into our nostrils, the ruah breath, the spirit breath, the air. God gave that to us. We see it in Genesis 2 and 7. God gave us each the breath of life. What's not to love? Thank you, Lord, for giving me the breath of life. We ought to be about loving God. God knew us when we were still in our mother's Womb. It says that in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. And at that time God knew you and God set you apart and called you by name when you were still in your mother's womb. That's your value. That's your purpose. Why not love God and that we ought to be about loving God. And Jeremiah 29 and 11, we're told that God even knew the plans that God had for you, plans to prosper you and plans not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We ought to be about loving God. But then how do we love ourselves? That's why I love that 1 Corinthians text that we hear so very often referred to by other people. But what it means to truly be a loving person is to be at the place where you love yourself that way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but don't have love, I'm nothing. So if I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over to hardship that I might boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Now, this is the recipe of how you're supposed to love yourself. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So think about it. If you're going to show real love for yourself, be patient with yourself. How some of us talk to ourselves, if we were to actually broadcast it to the world, we would be arrested for elder abuse. Hello. Because we can't arrest you for child abuse, sorry. So probably would be elder abuse for the ways 
Many of us talk to ourselves. We're not patient with ourselves. One of the phrases I've recently adopted when I look at my own life, I'm doing the best I can. You know what? You're doing the best you can right now, right where you are. Because if you could do better, you would do better. You're doing the best you can. Be patient with yourself. You're doing, stop beating yourself up. If you don't remember anything else about this message, you are lovable. You are loving. You are worthy. Love on yourself. Stop beating yourself up. Be patient with yourself. Some of us are immobilizing ourselves for ministry and for life and for business ventures because we're too cruel to ourselves. You beat yourself up so bad you can't get out of bed in the morning. Hey! Whip yourself so bad you can't move forward. Stop. Next, love is supposed to be kind. And we try to put on an act and act kind to other people. Hello, praise the Lord. But we don't even do that to ourselves. We call ourselves all kind of names. Talk about how we look. Talk about our nicks. Talk about the sags under the Oh, am I getting personal? Talk about the sags under the eyes. We have this way of talking about ourselves, and we need to be more kind. And then one of the worst things that's out there, and I've had to start to monitor this more, Yes, I use social media, but I'm trying not to eat social media because it can make you sick. Social media makes you envy other people because everybody fronting. Hello. We all front on social media like everything going good. We don't show when we ratchet and jacked up. We don't show when we just look a mess. We don't put that on social media. We show our... (laughs) We got the right angles for our selfie. But we don't show when we just look in rich. And so then social media causes you to envy other people because the fake thing they put up looks better than the fake thing you put up. Help me, somebody. And so we've got to move away from this thing called envy. Move towards being more humble. Brother Brooks, who is the one who the banquet yesterday was named after, he's now 96, did he say? 97 years old. He's slowing down a little bit. He's got a walker now at 97. But it did say something to all of us that I'm going to hold on to. He said, don't try to be too much and don't try to be too little. Hello, keep yourself in the middle. And for some of us, we're beating ourselves up because we're trying to be too much. And then we're trying to be too little. We're acting like we're too little. And so in this thing called real love, Love yourself enough to appreciate how far you've come, that God's been working on you and working with you, that you're doing the best you could, that you could have been a crash and burn. You know, you could have been out of your mind. You could be out of here in some kind of way. But look at what God has done. You ought to be grateful that you're still standing. And then that text continues by saying, don't dishonor yourself. Dishonoring ourselves. Sometimes we let people do stuff to us which is dishonoring. You are valuable. You are worthy. You are somebody. Don't let people treat you any kind of way. Because you know what? You wouldn't let somebody do that to somebody else. If you were a witness and you saw them bullying somebody or disrespecting somebody else, 
Because most of y'all are nice people and heroes. If you saw how other people are treating somebody else, you would say, don't do that to them. Well, you need to do that for yourself. No, I'm not the one. I don't think it's a good fit. No, don't let people dishonor you. You are worthy. You are worth something to God. So think about it. Our job now is to find this thing called real love, where in Corinthians it says it, you always protect yourself. You start to trust yourself, trust your own instinct. You know what? Part of being grown is that instinct kicks in. Spirit says, uh-uh. Mm-mm, something ain't right. Don't go there. Mm-mm. Read the mail. Back away. Mm-mm. Don't give them your debit card pin. It's not a good idea. Trust your instinct. Trust your instinct. God is speaking in you and through you. And finally, no matter what, don't give up on yourself. Self-love is holding in on and holding in there and hanging in there and knowing that you're doing the best you can. Love on yourself. That is real love. And once you love yourself that way, love your neighbor the same way. Real love. It comes to us through this gift, through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Live that kind of love with your life. Real love. Amen. for tuning in to Word to the Wise, my preaching and teaching podcast. This podcast is a production of the 224 Ecospace, a place where change makers work, create, and lead. Our engineer and sound designer is Dan Warren. I hope you will share this podcast with your friends and please review us so others can find us. Also look for me on Facebook at Reverend Dr. Shelley Best or Word to the Wise. Thanks for listening.